Growing Up Baby with Haley Zimak. We all have the same 24 hours in a day, or you have the same 24 hours as Beyonce. Do you remember those quotes meant as some type of empowering yet shame-inducing statement that you too can and should be successful? Just get up super early every day, uh, monetize those side hustles, don't take no for an answer, and work out. Yeah, exercise, seven days a week, at least. Can confirm, we do not all have the same 24 hours in a day, and never has that been more true, at least for me, than when you have a brand new baby. Time, it can seem to lose all meaning and structure. The days can be so slow, but the weeks go so quickly. You have this new little human and so much time to fill. Amanda Young is a registered early childhood educator and early on program coordinator. Amanda, thanks so much for talking today. I'm really excited to connect with you. I found the first few months were really, really tough. I just thought to myself, I am alone all day at home with this baby, and I didn't know what to do. Can you share some low cost or some accessible ways that parents can, you know, stimulate, play, interact, and spend time with the little babies when they're really early on in the stage of life? Yeah, sure. Uh, yeah, of course. Those first few months are so isolating. I think it's it's such a challenge because you're at home a lot. Uh, usually your baby's sleeping a lot, uh, and but they're also starting to get to that point where they're becoming more aware and more awake. Um, and I think you're so antsy to, to try and keep them occupied. Um, but yeah, there's lots of ways that, that parents can stimulate newborns in the first few months. Um, and you have everything that you need to do that at home. You don't need to purchase anything or buy any of those fancy puzzles or mobiles to hang up at all. But what's more important is that you're stimulating your newborn um, because when they're born, all of those uh, brain um, neurons are getting built and they are just wanting to explore the world around them. So things that you can do that are low cost and accessible are things like cuddling with your baby, rocking with them, um, singing to them and reading to them. Um, The best kind of books that you can use with a newborn are books that have pictures of faces, um, high contrast patterns, especially in black and white, um, because that's easier for newborns and, and younger babies to see. Another thing to do is, is get outside. Um, so take your baby for a walk. Make sure that they are able to look around. If you're baby carrying or in a stroller, you know, make sure the stroller's open or the bassinet's open on the stroller. Um, and, you know, another thing that you can really do is encourage tummy time from birth and just let them explore their own environments. Uh, and all you need to do is either put them on the ground for a couple minutes a day, but you don't need anything to do that. Um, you know, just a soft blanket that you can put on your carpet or on your floor, or if you have a tummy time mat, um, that's easy too. Um, some of the things you can do are use blankets to play um, hide and seek. Uh, so they love to start playing peekaboo games as they're getting older. Um, you can use bubbles, uh, small shakers um, that you can use when you're playing or singing um, to give your baby an opportunity to focus on things. Uh, but I also think, um, yeah, it's just about slowing down. Um, babies move at a really slow pace especially, especially in those first few months. Um, so just to just relax and enjoy it and just use those types of things that you have at home or on your body already. Okay, thank you. That's great advice. Now, what are these activities doing for brain development and growth? Baby 
brains are developing in utero. Um, but when they're born and they start to experience the world, um, those links and neural pathways continue to form and at a very, very fast rate. So those first few years, you know, we talk about that a lot definitely in our profession, is that those first few years are so crucial in terms of their development and their their, their brain wiring. Um, so it's acting and changing and developing um, based on what's happening around them. So the, those are what I mean by those, those kind of day-to-day activities. I think the most important things that you can be doing are reading walking outside, talking, um, engaging your baby in routines that you're doing every day um, and interacting and responding to other people. Um, Those types of things are helping uh, develop babies' brains from birth and on. It's helping clarify those positive interactions. So when they see you, for instance, if you are um, going to the grocery store and you're taking your baby with you, um, they're seeing the way that you're interacting. I mean, even from, you know, two, three months, four months, um, they're seeing the way you're interacting with other people um, in those positive interactions. And there's lots of research that shows as, as children get older, it's going to affect them how well they do in school. It's going to affect their ability to, to for language and how to solve problems. Um, and it also affects their physical and mental health um, and the relationships that they build with others. So those positive, positive interactions um, are so important. That is so interesting about something as, you know, arguably mundane as going to the grocery store, that that can have an impact on your baby that young, how they see and perceive you interacting with other people. I I didn't know that. I wouldn't have thought of that. Yeah, it's, it's, it is really, I think it's like, people think that you need to be doing all these, you know, and I'm not saying that going to uh, a special music class or something isn't engaging and important as well, because it is, of course that is. Um, But yeah, I mean, babies just want to see the world the way you see it. And they just want to be connected with you. And so something as boring as like for us going to walk and drop off something at the post office is like a, a, a huge world for that baby. Um, and just seeing other people um, experiencing the way you're experiencing it. Um, and that's, that's what's so important. A good reminder then to be on your best behavior, maybe if you're feeling a little impatient in the line at the post office. A hundred percent. Yes. <laughs> um, one of my friends, she says she has got two little ones and she is so used to um, talking to them all the time. You know, if they're in the back of the car, okay, we're driving here. Okay, we're turning right. Okay, we're turning left. She told me the other day when she doesn't have the kids, she's still narrating her life. And I just thought that was hilarious. So that's something I've really tried to do as well. And you just touched on it but is to let him know what it is we're doing and it feels really weird or at least it felt really weird for me but now it does feel really natural to narrate my life no matter how boring it is at the moment no no it's it's honestly it's crucial for language language development I, and I really mean that like talking to your baby and reading to your baby and just telling them explaining what you're doing pointing out things that have words on it I mean as they develop of course as well but I mean it, exactly when you start younger then it kind of just becomes natural for you like you, like you mentioned you kind of just start doing it, with it, it without even realizing it um, and I have to say like I've done I've done the same thing with my own kids like I'll, I'll be driving and I'm like I'll be talking to myself kind of or or narrating things as we go uh, and you just do it so naturally without without even really thinking about what you're doing anymore. But but the, it's crucial for language development for young children. I, I promise you, you would you'd notice a huge difference. Mm-hmm, right. Um, now, I have had the pleasure of listening to your singing voice, which is great, I will say. Music, though, oh my gosh, I found from a really early age, and you did mention it earlier, um, but how important, and even if you feel silly, it's like singing in the shower, but I found music was just such a nice tool to connect with. Why do babies respond so well to rhythm and rhyme? 
Yeah, I think I think it's that touch on well, first of all, just hearing usually your voice, like your your parents or your caregiver's voice. They love to hear that, um, but they also love the pieces of sounds. Um, and I think I think that's a good way to, to look at as how how they're building language development already at a young age, right? Um, they're starting to already learn the, the phonemics of sounds and and how those sounds build words. And and so they really actually enjoy listening to that. It's the same reason that a lot of babies or some babies really enjoy listening to stories. Um, or even just listening to people talk. Um, so it's really just that early building blocks of language. Um, and babies really enjoy uh, repetitiveness, which a lot of those nursery rhymes or songs are. I think of other songs that are really popular with young with young babies, like Zoom, 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 or uh, Baba Black Sheep is another really good example. And when you think about what those songs have, they have really prominent sounds, um, really repetitive sounds. Uh, sometimes they're the same tunes to other songs. Um, and there's a reason those those rhymes have been around forever. But it is, there's a reason kids really connect with those. And it's typically the sounds, the repetitiveness, um, and those early phonemic building blocks that are, are starting to kind of wire in their head already for language development. Bearing all that in mind then, is there a way, Amanda, that we can ensure that our babies are hitting all the right developmental milestones and just that just a, a way to know that everything is is on track? Yeah, sure. Um, one tool that we really love to use um, is something called the Nipissing District Developmental Screen. Uh, so they changed the name of it recently, and it's now called the Look-See Checklist. Uh, so L-O-O-K-S-E-E, -E, like Look-See Checklist. And it's just a screening tool that parents can use at home. Uh, it's a checklist of things that, of milestones that your baby would have hit at the age of the screening tool. The screening tool itself is good for ages zero to six. Um, and then there's different checklists for different age ranges. So there's one for one to two months. And then the next one would be four months. The next one's six months. So it kind of just ranges in through ages. Once it gets to age three years, it, there's just one a year. Um, it's something that people's physicians or, or doctors could be using as well. Um, but we hear from a lot of families that they aren't, and that's okay too. Um, but it's a great tool to use at home because not only is it going to go through about 13 to 20 questions of developmental milestones that your child might be hitting. Um, but it also gives you tips on how to do them at home. Um, and it also labels developmental milestones. So it might label it as social emotional or language and it helps them connect things as a parent as well. It's free. Um, you just register through with your email and they actually email it to you on your actual developmental milestone. So if the look-see checklist, your son was three and a half and the next one would be four months, um, they would email it to you on the day he turned four months. You could go through through it. Um, it's a great tool to either bring back to uh, an early on program if you have questions about it um, or to bring to your family doctor when you have your next checkup if there's anything you're concerned about. So when we're talking about this screening checklist, can you give us an example of, uh, of a question parents might come across? Sure. So um, one of the first questions on the screen for ages one and two months, which is actually the first screen that would be available for the screening, uh, is by one, by one month of age, does your child, one, look at you, so you would just check yes or no, two, startle to a loud or sudden noise, so yes or no, three, calm down when comforted, yes or no, and number four, suck well on the nipple, yes or no. There's also tips uh, next to the columns of the questions, and it's called try these tips to help your child grow. Um, so they're just examples of things that you can do at home. 
you know, I can see the icon for communication is a little bubble. Um, and so if I look at that one, it says, okay, uh, relate to me by talking, singing, or cooing as you change my diaper, give me a bath, feed or dress me. I want you to be involved with me. Uh, talk, sing lullabies, say rhymes, or make up songs so I can listen to the sound of your voice. Change your voice. I may like a high pitch or a low pitch. Um, so it's just examples of things that you can do to start building on that, those communication skills. That is perfect. I am going to go look up the five month. <laughs> I don't think there's a five month. There is definitely a six month. Uh, but what I'd recommend, actually, that's such a good point. Um, if, for instance, your son or your daughter was five months old, I would never recommend that you look at the six month checklist. Don't do that to yourself. Just don't. A month developmentally for a baby is so big. Um, I would actually recommend like looking back down to the four month. I would never, 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 never look at the higher month. Okay. All right. So point taken, I am going to look at the four months and, and hopefully be well established in those areas. And I will wait to look in the six month as well. I'm okay. <laughs> what are your thoughts on screen time? I mean, even if it's not intentional, let's say I'm spending a lot of time breastfeeding. I'm spending a lot of time hanging out in the living room lately. There's, I think, what we should always be doing and then what's possible and realistic for our real lives. Um, until they're over two, they're really, really not going to be getting anything educational out of screen time. They're not really going to understand it. Um, a lot of a lot of babies like to, to listen to sounds and, and watch rhymes um, on tablets or phones. And you kind of hit the, the nail on the head there. I think a lot of times, typically, we're using that as parents, um, because we are, I think that's a great way we're feeding or, um, and so we have something on in the background or we're trying to keep our, our baby engaged for, for a few minutes because they're crying on the subway or whatever the reason may be. And in those instances, you know, babies be babies. You, you cannot predict what your baby is going to do. Um, you have no idea. And if, if that takes a couple minutes of stress off of you as a parent or a caregiver, um, to let them focus on something or, if you have it on in the background while you're while you're feeding on, on the couch or um, in your living room, that that's fine. Your baby's gonna be okay. <laughs> no one's gonna be harmed. I promise you. Um, these small instances are, are nothing to be concerned about or worried about in terms of baby's development. Um, but I I you know just as as a professional myself, I I wouldn't encourage using screen time. But in those small instances where it's on and baby's drawn to it for, for a few minutes or, or here and there, um, because it's to help you take a shower or, or, you know, just, just do something for a quick second. That that's okay. You should, parents don't need to be hard on themselves about those types of things. Um, we're all just doing what we can to get by. And, and I think that's important to note as well. Okay. Yeah. I appreciate you saying that because while we all want to thrive, some days are just about surviving. I'd like to, to paraphrase kind of babies are going to baby, you know, <laughs> which is something that, I still need to get used to. I still get really flustered or apologetic. And one thing I love so much is when I met you at the early on center was I think I needed to step away because he was being cranky or I needed to feed and I just felt so awkward. And you were like, it's totally fine. You know, you come and go, you do what you need to do. Um, and I just, I really love the warm and welcoming environment that you guys have and it's free and it's accessible. And this is something I only learned about because a friend of mine had suggested when I was looking for activities, Hey, check this out. So let's talk about some of the awesome things that you guys do and provide, because I think it is just such a service to the community. Oh, that's such a like, 
I mean, that's such a nice story that your friend recommended it. And and I don't want to say unfortunately, but that is typically how a lot of people hear about early on programs is, is word of mouth. Um, but yeah, so early on programs are a great place um, where families can take part with their children in a range of programs and activities. So activities can be anything from a baby drop-in where parents or caregivers come with new babies. They can connect in a warm environment. Uh, it can be something like breastfeeding meetups where you might have a registered nurse, um, a lactation consultant, that can work with breastfeeding parents um, and caregivers to answer any questions. Um, or it might be something as you know as simple as an outdoor park meetup um, where local families and caregivers all meet you at the park and you participate in literacy activities or, or um, other activities outdoors. They can get information about programs and services that are available for young children. Uh, so they'll learn about resources that are available to them in their community. Um, some really popular ones in our community that, that a lot of parents don't typically know about are, you know, free mental health walk-ins, which we have quite a few of them. Uh, local library branches, um, how to access health care for maybe some new immigrants or new families that have just moved to your to your area. Um, and it's also a place where you can talk to earlier professionals. Um, and then you can meet other parents and caregivers in the community as well. Okay, right. Good point. Because yeah, it's it's really important to connect with someone who knows what it is you're going through, isn't it? Parents and caregivers should really also be taking care of themselves um, physically, mentally, and emotionally. Because um, parenting can be super hard work. It's not easy. Um, no one went into it because it was easy, I don't think. It's easier to enjoy your baby uh, and, be pos- and be a positive, uh, loving parent um, when you feel good about yourself and you feel, you feel good too. I hear you. I say it to Ben all the time. I'm like, I am just such a better person, um, but mom specifically when I've had a good night's sleep. So that's why I put myself to bed at eight o'clock last night and I got up at six. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I know it's it's when your neighbor or your mother-in-law asks if you want an hour of time to do anything, uh, say yes. If you feel comfortable, say yes. Oh, I love it. Take help or you can get it. You know, some days I still honestly can't believe that I have a baby, uh, let alone a five-month-old who's now laughing, rolling over, starting to eat real food. It's it's crazy uh, how time can simultaneously drag and other times just go so fast. But it did make me reminisce about those early newborn days and how I filled all that time with this tiny stranger who'd taken over my life. Here's a new mom who's taking her new role one day at a time. My name is Tiffany. I live in Toronto. My newborn is five weeks old. The experience so far has been, to be honest, kind of a mixed bag. It's been challenging. At times it's been magical, though. Uh, I spend a lot of my time making bottles and feeding. It feels like I wash about 100 bottles a day. Which, pro tip, is surprisingly a pretty good way to put a baby to sleep. I find, you know, the sound of the water does really seem to help. I also spend a lot of my time, though, trying to soothe a crying baby. That's really been the biggest challenge. You know, she's colicky. It can be really tough when you feel like you don't know how to make this baby happy. And she's just inconsolable. Um, I mean, I'd really like to get out more, go for walks, visit friends more often, but there really are some challenges there, right? Um, There's a Canadian winter, it's very cold, a global pandemic, and of course there's that anxiety about whether she's going to get fussy, and all of that really does make it hard to kind of get out of the house as much as I might like. With that said, though, as I said, it can be, you know, really magical at times. When she's in a good mood, we like to read books. 
We do a little tummy time on her play mat. We usually get about five minutes before she's kind of over that. My favorite thing to do though is when she falls asleep in my arms and we get to have these really quiet, sort of peaceful cuddles. And that's what makes it all worth it. Thanks so much for listening. You can always get in touch. Growing up baby podcast at gmail.com. Until next time.